Hello, welcome to Matters of Christ with Elizabeth. I'm really excited to bring you the last episode for the year 2021, and I'm so happy to have you listen to me. Thank you so much. Grab a cup of tea or whatever you want, grab a cup of juice get a snack or some fruit and sit back as we discuss a great martyr of Christ by name Lucy. <laughs> we call her Lucia in the Scandinavian region. So I'm going to be sticking with the name Lucia. Martyr Lucia. History has it that she was born in the year AD 283. She was born to, to rich and noble parents. Her father was a Roman citizen by a Roman by origin, so that means Lucia was a Roman citizen. And her, her father was rich, yeah. But unfortunately, her father died when she was just five years of age. And Lucia and her mother were left without any protective guardian. The name Lucia comes from a Latin word lux, which means light. When the missionaries arrived in the Scandinavian region, to evangelize the local population, carrying, carrying this commemoration of Saint Lucy, yeah, as she's called today, with them. It actually held a great meaning for the people. So her story actually made many people in the Scandinavian region accept Jesus. Because she was reflecting a girl bringing a light in the midst of darkness. And this, in December, when she's been celebrated and remembered, is the, is the darkest, darkest period of the year in the Scandinavian region. And people are longing for relief and warmth and light. And this story of this young girl bringing light in a dark world comes with great meaning. So every year on the 13th of December, this great martyr of Christ is being remembered for her work and her passion. She was a young virgin who loved Jesus. and She was killed for her faith. History has it that she would bring food to persecuted Christians in Rome. You know, she was she would sneak out and go to the where the places where they were hiding. They were hiding in catacombs under the city. Because the Roman Empire at the time, Emperor, the Roman Emperor at the time, Emperor Diocletian, who was the emperor from AD 284. To, 200, to 305 he passed edicts yeah laws 
forbidding Christians from gathering together. He burnt churches, you know, he gave rule orders for churches to be burnt, scriptures to be burnt, and then he forbid for he 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 didn't want anyone to to gather together, to assemble together in the name of Christianity. So Christians were hiding, running running away and hiding in places, you know, under the city. So Lucia would take food to this food supplies to these Christians hiding. To enable her to carry the food in both hands, she would wear the 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 candles that help her see her way. She wear it on her head. So she made candles. She put the candles. She made a, a ring, a, a, a ring, yeah, call it a crown, yeah, and placed the candles on this yeah wretch and put the candles around this wretch to enable her see her way and then also use her both hands she was a devout christian she was born in syracuse on sicily so she's often referred to as lucia of syracuse Her story is very, very touching and, yeah, very peculiar because of the the way she was killed. Lucia, remember she was a devout Christian, yeah? And I told you that her father, her father died while she was very young. So they were left. So she was born into wealth and afterwards they lost wealth after her father died. But then her mother fell sick. So when her mother fell sick, her mother, because she needed help, you know, to help her mother's long-term disease. So she was betrothed to a pagan. Her mother betrothed her to a pagan just so that she could get help. But Lucia had a revelation. She had a dream where her mother would be healed through faith. So so God was telling her that she didn't need to marry a pagan. God was going to heal her mother. So she convinced her mother to cancel the wedding to the pagan and she donated the dowry to the poor. She told the pig, the, the 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 pagan man that she wasn't going to marry him anymore. Hasuta was very angry at the cancellation of the wedding, so he was now trying for trying to look for a way to revenge, you know. So the only thing he could come up with, he knew that Lucia was a Christian, even though it wasn't publicly known, but he knew. So he was he reported to the governor that Lucia was a Christian knowing fully well that this was an offense that carried yeah a lot of persecution that could carry death penalty so so this was his way of paying back so when the the soldiers came for lucia to pick her to 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 either execute her or to yeah put her through torture or yeah 
But since he's a Roman citizen, they usually don't torture them. They just behead them if they want to execute them or they imprison them or yeah. But for Lucia's case, they threatened to, to take her to a brothel. You know, she's a young, beautiful virgin girl. So the punishment they wanted to give her was to put her, to place her in a brothel, yeah, like a prostitute. If she would not denounce her belief. But when they came, an amazing thing happened. The soldiers were not able to move her. Did you hear me? The soldiers were not able to move her. They could not lift her. They could not move her. Even with a thousand men and 50 oxen pulling, they could not move Lucia from the spot where she was. That's to show you the power of the God that we serve. The God of the Christians is a strong and powerful God. He's an almighty God. Like, you don't take my daughter to Ibrotel. No, not under my watch. So you know what the soldiers did? They stacked materials for a fire around her. They wanted to set her on fire there instead. But you know, she kept speaking and she kept insisting that her death will lessen the fear of death for other Christians and bring pain and grief to pagans. She kept making this proclamation. He said her last words were proclamations that her death will lessen the fear of death for other Christians and bring pain and grief to pagans. One of the soldiers stuck a a spear through her throat to try to stop her from making those declarations and proclamations. But to no effect, she kept speaking. She kept speaking. Another soldier gorged out. I don't even know what what they were thinking. You try to move someone and the person is not, you can't move that person. Are you not supposed to even stop at that point and know that, that this person carries a God bigger than you? But they continue to hurt, try to hurt her. To, to, to try to make her keep quiet, actually. So they, since she kept talking, even by, by striking her with a spear on the through her throat, she kept speaking, you know. She wasn't, the, the, the spear wasn't, even the, it wasn't stopping her from speaking, yeah? Even the cut in her throat wasn't stopping her from speaking. She was still speaking. God repaired it. Another soldier gorged out her eyes, two of her eyes, in an attempt to force her into complacency. But you know the amazing thing that happened? Her eyes were miraculously restored. Did you hear me? They removed her eyes, but new eyes came back. I don't know. Are you believing God for a miracle? Are you believing God for something? (laughs) There is God that heals. Your God, the God of heaven, the God of the God of the Christians, the God of Israel, he's alive. The God of Peter, the God of Lucia, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob is a healer. He can replace 
parts of your body. He can be made it so he can it's easy for him to replace it. So I don't know what you're believing God for. Just know that there is no impossibility with the Almighty God. There is no impossibility with him. No. So let's go back to the story of Lucia. They got that her eyes. Listen, this is not folktale. This story is not a story. It's not a story you tell. It's not a, 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 an evening story that people made up. No. This is this were recorded. This in history books. This is fact. Okay? So this is not something that was made up. So they gorged out her eyes and her eyes were miraculously restored. <laughs> Lucia was only able to die when she was given the Christian last rite. And that was when she died. So remember her words that her death, she was she kept saying that her death will make Christians lessen the fear of death for Christians and shame the 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 the, the, the pagans. And you know that this this persecution of this Emperor Diocletian's persecution it lasted from AD 303 to 312. It was the empire's last, largest, and bloodiest official persecution of Christianity. The empire failed to eliminate because with this persecution, they made edits, they made laws, you know, backed by court. This time, at this stage, remember in the beginning they were not backed by 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 law, but at this point in history, they made laws, you know, forcing the elimination of Christianity took this persecution but do you know that this persecution failed to eliminate christianity and then afterwards in ad 324 do you can you believe that christianity became the preferred religion under emperor constantine under emperor constantine the great christianity became the preferred the, the 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 religion of the Roman Empire. Hallelujah. The blood of martyrs. They were killing these Christians, but more and more pagans were joining. More and more pagans were joining the Christian fold. Emperor Constantine the Great, he was the emperor from 306 to 337. He emerged victorious in the civil war against Emperor Maxetius and Lessinius to become the sole ruler of the Roman Empire in 324. I would like to take you through a story of how, how we got to, Const- to Constantine. The Clotian, the emperor at the time, when Lucia, yeah, execution happened. You know, he was born, this this emperor, Diclotian, he was born in AD 244. He died in AD 311. So he was emperor from 284 to 305. He was born to low status family, Dalmatia, present day Croatia. He rose to the rank of military. He rose to the rank 
of the military to become a cavalry commander of the Emperor Carus's army. So I want to just take you back to where to how we got to Constantine in AD 324. This great emperor, he was a Christian Constantine. <laughs> he got converted <laughs> into Christianity and then he became the he 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 made this the 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 preferred religion so let me just take you a little bit on on from from the clotian to constantine so the clotian he rose yeah through the ranks of the military to become a cavalry commander after the death of carus and his son numerian on a battle on a yeah they were in a battle with the patient so when carus died the emperor died his son died numerian died the clotian was proclaimed emperor yeah he was emperor the title was also claimed by carus's surviving son the clotian was in the in the east and then carinius was i guess in the west yeah And then Carinus was still claiming that he was emperor since his father yeah was the emperor before but the clotian was proclaimed emperor in the east but the clotian defeated Carinus son his name is Carinus so he defeated him in the battle of the Magus and so the clotian became the the sole emperor The Clotian, the the the, Cle, the Clotian, yeah, forgive my pronunciation. Diocletian's reign stabilized the empire and it ended the crisis of the yeah the third century crisis. So this this emperor was unique, the Clotian. He he was the one that established the tetrarchy. The tetrarchy is a rule of four four emperors ruling the Roman Empire. Because they had a lot of enemies, you know, the patients, the yeah, a lot of enemies on many sides, you know. So he appointed fellow and a fellow officer, Maximian, as the Augustus. So he was a so these people he appointed, they were also like co-emperor. So he, he appointed Maximian as Augustus, so co-emperor in AD. 286 Remember he started his own leadership in 8284 So two years later he appointed Maximian a fellow officer So the Clotian reigned in the Eastern Empire while Maximian reigned in the Western Empire So the Clotian de- delegated furthermore in March 1 289 he appointed Galerius. So I want to talk about Galerius. Yeah. He appointed Galerius and Constantius. So you see where we're coming from. As junior Constantius is the father of Constantine the Great that became the the emperor later on. Yeah, in 2324 that introduced Christianity in the empire. So, the Clotian delegated Galerius and Constantius 
as junior emperors. So each with a title, he gave them title Caesar. And they were both under him and Maximian, you know. So these four were called Tetrarchy. Tetrarchy is Wu, Diocletian, Maximian, Galerius, Constantius. Constantius and Galerius were referred to as Caesars. Yeah, but they were also called empire emperors. But they were reporting to, they were under Maximian and Diocletian. So these people, these each of them had, they were emperor to rule over a quarter division of the empire. So this way, Diocletian secured the empire's border and poured it of all the threats to his enemies. Let's talk about the great persecution during his reign. How this how this came about. The declaration in 302, the autumn of 302, he went to Antioch, yeah, Antioch in Syria. Remember the bishop of Antioch. So he went to Antioch, and there he ordered the deacon, okay, Romanus of Caesarea. He felt that Romanus was very arrogant. He was a Christian, yeah, and he ordered his tongue to be removed because he felt that Romanius was defiling the order of the courts and interrupting official sacrifices. So Romanius was then sent to prison after his tongue was removed. Yeah? The Decletian the, the just believed that Romanius of Caesarea was arrogant and he just punished him and he went after all the Christians, you know? So after that, Declosian left the city and went to Nicomedia in the winter. And Galerius, Galerius, remember Galerius, yeah, one of the four, one of the Tetrarchy. He followed him to, to Nicomedia. So history has it that Declosian and Galerius they entered into an argument over the imperial policy towards Christians. So why? They were, yeah, passing through winter in Nicomedia in AD 302. So I'm going to take you back to where this persecution, how did persecution, this greatest persecution started, this largest and the bloodiest persecution, the last of the persecution. So him and Galerius, Ga, yeah, Galerius, they were having an argument, you know, over the imperial policy towards Christians. Diocletian argued that forbidding Christians from bureaucracy and military would just be sufficient to appease the gods. That just they, they should not be part of the military, they should not be part of their Roman system. Yeah. That was enough. But Galerius pushed for extermination. You see, Galerius was the one that didn't want Christians at all. So he pushed for extermination. So the two now, the two of them, since they haven't, they're not agreeing, they sought for advice from the Oracle of Apollo. This is the, the god of the land, the, yeah. So they sought from Oracle of Apollo at Didima, Didima. So the Oracle responded that the impious, yeah, which is the just on the earth, the impious on earth hindered Apollo's ability to provide advice. So that means the Christians, the, the, the prayers of Christians was interfering with the, with the Oracle. So they, they responded that the impious on net 
hindered Apollo's ability to provide advice. So these Christians were hindering Apollo's ability to provide advice. So, so yeah, the just people on earth. So this impious, the Cleotian was informed by members of the court that this impious only referred to the Christians on the, of the empire. So since their oracle, the oracle of the Apollo, was they could not get they could not get messages from him they could not get advice from him because of this just people on the earth so at the approval of the court you know the Clotian agreed to the demands for universal persecution so the courts because this is something the the oracle is something that controls them all so if the oracle is saying no no to christianity then they all have to agree so on 23rd february 303 the clotian ordered that the newly built church at nicomedia yeah where they were wintering where they were spending the winter the newly built church be what raised down be be destroyed be burnt down and the scriptures also be burnt so yeah he said this history has that the next day edits against christians was published so formal formal record now yeah like formal order backing from the courts from the senate was now published that's yeah against christians so the edit ordered the destruction of christian scriptures places of worship across the empire and prohibited Christians from assembling for worship. So this was more like destroying the Christian scriptures, places of worship, and then prohibiting assembling. So that's why the Christians were now hiding in catacombs where Lucia was going to give them uh, food items. So Lucia was going secretly. They, They didn't know that Lucia was a Christian, so so since she was a Roman citizen, she was still enjoying her, her, yeah. He was using her rights to be able to, you know, go back and forth, yeah. So before the end of February, yeah, when this edict was published that Christians should be, yeah, stopped from worshipping publicly and all that, at the end of February, a fire destroyed a part of the imperial palace. So when this fire happened, Galerius, remember Galerius, one of the Tetrarchy, he convinced Diocletian that the cult prints were Christians. Yeah, he, he made, he convinced this Galerius really hated Christians. He convinced him that it's nobody else but Christians. Yeah, because maybe of the edits, because of the law that were passed against them, that they were the ones that caused the fire. So they they said that they plotted this with the eunuchs of the palace. You know, he proposed. He said that he convinced him that the culprits were Christians and the conspirators who had plotted with the eunuchs of the palace to burn the palace. An investigation was done, but nobody was found. No party was found guilty. They didn't. They didn't find any evidence to show that the Christians and the eunuchs were. But yet they executed the execution followed. So this this was where the, remember the edit the first edit was okay destroy scriptures place of worship 
prohibit criminals from assembling. But when this fire happened, now execution now started. It's like killing. So the eunuchs were the first to go. The Rotius and the Gogonius, they were executed. The execution of Christians then continued, you know, until April 24th of 303. Yeah, when even they said including six individuals and the bishop of Antimos, yeah, were decapitated. So then, not long after, after the first fire, 16 days later, another fire happened. So after this fire happened, the Galerius left the city of Rome and left the city for Rome. He left Nicomedia for Rome, declaring Nicomedia unsafe. So later on, Diocletian also followed and left Nicomedia. Yeah, although further persecution edits, they, they kept bringing more laws and more rules, you know, compelling the arrest of Christian clergies and yeah. The, the, the persecution edits were ultimately unsuccessful, I, yeah, you would say. All the things they tried to, what they were trying to do was to weaken the belief in Christianity so that these Christians can come back and pick up the Roman uh, traditional religion. They were trying to scare the people so that they could come back and become and take take their Roman traditional religion. But no, the people were not, they, they, all the persecution was not giving them what they wanted. So this, these persecution edits were ultimately unsuccessful. More Christians escaped punishment. They were hiding, they were running. So the martyr's suffering was strengthening the resolve of the Christians and touching the pagans as well. You know, the pagans were feeling, were not happy with this edit yeah so, so that's why you see more and more pagans were joining so Constantius and Maximian you see now you see I told you they were tetrarchy hmm? Galeria Galer- so yes the second after the first fire broke out yeah where they yeah declared execution for christians and then the eunuchs yeah of the of the of the of the palace were killed yeah so a second fire broke out 16 days after the first one yeah galerius yeah one of the tetrarchy he left for rome he left nicomedia for rome and declared nicomedia unsafe the Cleatian left afterwards as well so although this persecution edicts followed compelling the arrest of Christian clergy, the persecution edicts were ultimately unsuccessful. They were not, were not doing what they wanted it to do. They wanted it to turn the, the Christians into traditional Roman religion. But instead, more and more Romans are getting, they're becoming Christians. So they had to, they have to think of, before we lose all our members, let's just stop so that we can still have, you know, people that are, that are still practicing the Roman tradition. So, so this was not, they were not successful with their persecution edits because most Christians were escaping punishment and they were running, they were hiding. The martyrs were strengthening, the death of the martyrs, yeah, was strengthening the resolve of the Christopher, of the Christians, yeah, and turning pagans. Remember Lucia said that my death, our death, the martyrs you are killing, it will make more and more, it will make more and more Christians not be afraid of death and it will also cause pain and grief to pagans. This was what was happening. Pagans were being grieved. 
So God heard the prayers of Lucia. Yeah? God heard the prayer of Lucia. And this persecution, the Clotian persecution, uh, the Clotianic persecution, it was the last in the empire. The glory of God, it was the last. But constant, remember the Tetrarchy, yeah? The four. The, the Clotian, Galerius, yeah? Uh, the Clotian and Galerius were more in the east. And the Maximian that was in the west was being supported by Constantius. So Constantius and Maximian, they did not apply to these later persecutory edits. So they left the Christians in the west on hand. So you see, so most Christians that were being persecuted in the east were running to the west <laughs> for safety. So when they saw that, okay, what's happening? So Galerius, um, therefore, changed the edits in 311, announcing the persecution has failed. <laughs> I'm sure many Christians were running to the west because they were being they were not being hot there, you know, and they were hiding. So he was losing his population so to speak and many were also getting saved so they 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 he said that the persecution has failed to bring christian back traditional to traditional religion so then yeah he stopped it and then within 25 years of this persecution you know within 25 years of the inauguration of this persecution christian emperor constantine the great <laughs> will rule in the empire remember his remember the name constantius constantius and maximian that were really they were living in the west so the, the son of constantius he is constantine the great he's a christian emperor so he's the one that ruled and brought a huge change he declared the empire religion to become Christianity hallelujah so he reversed the consequences of the edicts of all the edicts that have been done he reversed everything he returned all the confiscated materials to the Christians to the church you know yeah allow the church to be and then under Constantine the great rule Christianity became the empire's preferred religion hallelujah amazing the roman empire is a great empire so for god to allow christianity take over this empire is something that should be celebrated so may the martyrs the blood of martyrs not be taken for granted in our time today in our day in our time so may we realize that this this christianity will not even get to you you know if not for this 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 matters you know that stood their ground and said no you know so when the stories of these matters are being told their stories still still strike the chords in the heart of men so i want to i want to invite you as 2021 is wrapping up and we're approaching a new year we are going into the new year 2022 i want you to remember matters like lucia the they, they, what they died for may not be f- taken for granted. So I want to welcome you to this Christian faith. I want to welcome you to pick up Christian, to take on Christianity as a way of life for you. To 
embrace the God of the Christians. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He will not hurt you. He's a good man. He's a good, 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 good God. So I want to invite you to embrace the God of the Christians, the God of Israel, the God of Peter, the God of Paul, the God of Blandina, the God of Potinius, the God of the Bishop of Antioch, Ignatius, the God of these great martyrs. There's so many, there's so many, there's so many. So I want to invite you that you can be a part of this great faith, this great Christian faith. So that together we can pass this to the next generation. May the blood of these martyrs not be for granted. May the blood of these martyrs not be taken for granted. The Bible that was handed over to you and I was passed on to you from the blood of many. And may their blood not be taken for granted. So I want to thank you very much for 2021 and taking our time to listen to the, the Mothers of Christ podcast. Let's continue in 2022. I want to wish you a beautiful 2022, a 2022 filled with peace, a 2022 filled with joy, good health, happiness. Above all, a 2022 that will bring you into a closer relationship with the God of the Christian faith. (laughs) As you wrap up this year, I wish you a beautiful rest of the year and an awesome 2022. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye.